Welcome everybody to the River Valley Podcast. My name is Kirk and I'm here with Logan. Hello. Logan, just want to say a huge uh, thanks for hosting the podcast last week on your own. You did a Absolutely. great job. It was, a, it was great to do. I'm, I'm glad I filled, filled the amount of time talking to myself. <laughs> you doing well? Having a good week so far? I went to the State Fair four times total. And oh, I went what kind on of budget labor. you working on? <laughs> Luckily, uh, th- or thankfully, thankfully got blessed with tickets every time. Um, Yo, that's great. But, but uh, on Monday, on Labor Day, I, was, I went, and that was one too many times. I'll say that <laughs> too many cheese curds. <laughs> yeah, just at the end, I was like, three was three was good. I felt great after leaving the third day. After leaving on that Monday, last milkshake did it. Oh, it was it was just one too many. I'm telling you, no sugar September. Let's do it from here <laughs> to the end. Come on, church, Amazing. join us. No sugar September. Uh, you got this. Hey, I went to the state fair as well, and uh, I paid for parking. I'm just gonna confess i paid for parking i said i'm not i'm not walking i'm not ubering i'm not riding a bus and uh that you know it deduct it deducted from our food budget which i think <laughs> ultimately probably helped me um and so no we we had a fun time my favorite thing at the fair always is the animals i know it's kind of contrary to, a lot of people love the food food's great i love the miracle of birth center and uh, oh, I one don't, time quick, i don't oh dude it's amazing miracle of birth and uh, we're going to talk about <laughs> we're going to talk about life uh, a little bit later in this podcast. There's a question uh, that we're going to talk about, but Miracle at Birth Center is awesome. You get to see all these babies, um, and we brought our kids. There was one year we went to the state fair, and they kicked everybody out of the Miracle at Birth Center. We found out later that there was a cow getting ready to give birth in labor, and they realized that the calf about to be born. Um, I think it had already passed, so it was not alive, but it was deformed, had two heads. Oh, my God. Could be urban legend, uh, but that's what we heard. The reason they kicked everybody out is because they didn't want to traumatize the children that this cow uh, was about to give birth to um, a calf that was not alive but had two heads, little Siamese, Siamese twins action at the Miracle Birth Center. Anyways, that's my state fair story. Wow. What a start pretty uh pretty wild um, i mean we're too but, far from the farm we're too far yeah, from too the farm. far honestly you know maybe we all need to experience that and um <laughs> you know I, we pastor Rob was talking about people that have chickens in, in urban urban chickens suburban chickens i've got you know i bought i bought five chickens and um you know it's a little bit of confession that lakeville only allows three Ooh. and uh two of the chickens died pretty quickly and so I wonder, you know, I'd love to take a poll to our church. Is that the Lord helping me stay within the legal limit of chickens Probably. <laughs> at our house? Probably. Uh, so now we have three chickens, and we get three eggs a day. So it's pretty Mac incredible. Mac was so excited to get to get chickens, but our neighborhood does not allow chickens. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, uh, so, it's in your association bummer. deal? I don't know. It just said in the agreement, does no no chickens. So clearly, they've had that problem. It's like whenever you read a rule that's an obscure rule, you're like, clearly, there's been a, there's a story around this. So that's most of the legal bummed. paperwork these days. Is uh, every piece of paper you have to sign is because somebody sued over that specific reason? Right. You know, 
Right. Um, Absolutely. Hey, another thing, another thing that everybody I think is experiencing uh, in regards to having kids is everybody's going back to school. And we did the yeah. drop offs this week. And I know some schools started a little bit earlier. Um, but I, I do the drop off in the morning. It's my favorite thing to do as a dad. Um, and just be able to pray over my kids every day, drop them off, remind them that they're a leader. And um, it's like, it's, it's precious time and I can't, I can't even express how fast time flies. You know, it's just time is flying by and every, like every day matters. And so it's just, I was just thinking about that. Like every day matters because a day turns into two, turns into two months, turns into two years, turns into they're out of the house, you know? Um, and even in marriage, if you don't have kids, like even in marriage, it's like, Every day matters, you know, tell your spouse you love them, like actually tell them, um, date your spouse, like every day matters. And, uh, here we are already into the fall and in church life, Logan, you could talk about this in, in church life, it's building season. So what are you excited mm -hmm. for this fall in church life? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. We we used to do this thing called fall launch, which was a launch of all of our activities. And it's funny because we still do the exact same thing. We just don't call it fall launch anymore <laughs> because that uh, noise that I made we just didn't want. was a, ro a rocket launch. Just FYI. That was our fall launch rocket. Um <laughs> but but we do we launch small groups we launch all sorts of things. So again, we kind of still do the same thing. But with summer and the beautiful weather. People are traveling, people are at the cabins, people are on the road, they're watching online. Um, we love people who stay connected with us. But now people are back in that rhythm. Like you said, kids are back in school, and so travel becomes less frequent. Uh, rhythms start to take place again leading into the holidays. And so, which is crazy to think about the holidays are coming up. But anyways, it these rhythms I think are super exciting for us as a church because we love seeing people more. We love people that are in church more frequently. We love ministering through our core groups, through our small groups, through uh, global oh, yeah. teams. I'm, I'm leading a couple of global teams here coming up in the next few months. And so just excited for all the, all of what's going on around here. So it's a busy season for us, but it's really our, our favorite season. Like from, from September to Easter is just a oh, grind yeah. in church, but it's just, it's amazing because there's so much amazing discipleship that happens during these times. People come back, uh, you know, students come back from from uh, or coming back to college and getting in the rhythm again. You just spoke at the uh, young adult retreat this last weekend. How was that? Yeah, I mean, uh, I kind of forgot about it in in everything that happened this weekend <laughs> with too far from the farm and all that. But Friday and Saturday. Uh, no disrespect to the young adults. It was amazing. We had um, a great crew up at Lake Geneva and Pastor Kirby and Miwa, uh, their associate campus pastors at the city campus and our young adult pastors. You passed the baton to Kirby and it was an uh, amazing, actually you passed it to Katie and then to Kirby. Um, yep. Amazing retreat, uh, time, with, time with the Lord, great worship sessions. Um, they 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 did a small group Olympics so so uh, everybody that was up there involved in in a small young adult small group and then they did an actual like Olympic competition and so uh, you know they were blobbing people and they were swimming in the lake and they had all these athletic and game game things um, but uh, time in service I mean we we ran probably two and a half hour services of worship and then uh, teaching 
the first session I taught about the life of Joseph, which, you know, the story, the story of Joseph really is from 17 to the age of 30, going from uh, being betrayed by his brothers, sold into slavery, to becoming the second most powerful man in the world at the time. That is... That, I mean, those ages and the story is the coming-of-age story for young adults, um, going from obscurity and a lot of pain uh, to purpose and the call of God on your life. And there's a way to live this life through all of that pain uh, that is either going to bring bring more pain upon your life or... Uh, give you favor in the eyes of God and and men. And so Joseph is that amazing story. The second night we talked about the Holy Spirit. It wasn't like the Holy Spirit retreat, um, but it was uh, teaching on all that the Holy Spirit has to offer. And uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit is for today. Speaking in tongues is for today and opportunity for them to respond at the altars and time of... Uh, you know, a bunch of young adults had had prophetic words over each other, and so there's some sharing. Just awesome, awesome. So yeah, I almost forgot, dude. That was a it was a huge <laughs> weekend. I can't believe it. It's great. Well, this weekend, so people don't forget, is one day to feed the world, and we've been talking about it the last yeah, it's coming few days. It's coming up this this coming weekend, uh, September 9th and 10th, and we've never done it before. But I'm so excited, and obviously it was put on Pastor Rob's heart, and we, he's filming a video this week with Hal Donaldson, the president of uh, Convoy of Hope. And so we're just excited for the weekend. I would just say be praying for it, that people would step into the obedience. It's kingdom builders. It's above the tithe giving. So again, we're not asking people to scratch out and say, oh, well, this is supposed to be tithe. I'll give this to to kingdom builders. This is above and beyond. And I'm excited. And I know even for some, maybe this weekend, they said, oh, you're you're dividing it by 240? It's, It's how many days you work. So maybe you work you know, 300 days, or maybe you work 240, or maybe you work 100. Um, yep. We're asking, would you give one day's wages to help feed the world? And so I know my wife and I, were super excited to do this. It's not a burden for us. It was, yep. when I heard about it, we were in right away yep. immediately. And I know that there's so many in our congregation that have, have said that, even to me in, in conversations, people say, hey, make sure that they, they divide by 240. We're not going to... Uh, police you. We are asking for what no. is God speaking to you? Could and maybe someone say, "I want to do more." Maybe maybe I have the capacity to do more. We invite that as well. But this is a way for us before we take care of all the other needs through Kingdom Builders that we can start by feeding people and more than just their bellies being fed. We pray that they would get fed with the message of hope as well. And our partners who are believing ministries that feed people but also share the message of Jesus. So I'm just really excited for one day to feed the world this coming weekend. All those who are going to be generous in their Kingdom Builders, and I hope that it's it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. Who knows? Maybe even a million. I don't know. But yeah. yeah that is given to feed people all around the world. It's going to be it's going to be an exciting weekend and I'll just echo the fact that Kaylee and I are also excited and prepared um and prepared sacrificially. Uh, you know, it's not we for us, you know, the way that we handle our finances, the way we give the kingdom builders, we're working our plan. Um but there is there's a sacrificial element to this weekend like oh, I wasn't planning for for this. Um, but it's similar to fasting for me, like the, the practice of fasting, the Lord can lead you into a fast anytime as an individual. Uh, but it's really powerful in January when our entire church does 21 days of prayer and fasting as a corporate fast. And it's like a booster 
at least for me, it's like a booster of accountability and challenge of like, hey, we've been called to a 21-day corporate fast. I'm, I'm for sure participating in this. It's like, you know, unless you're a hyper-driven person, <clears throat> you don't just sign up for a marathon on your own. But if you have five or six buddies that are like, let's do this together, and it's like a corporate challenge or marathon, you're more likely to get it done. Um, and I love this in the area of uh, generosity and, and financial stewardship that right now there's this corporate call to feed the world, this corporate call to focus on the orphans, the widows, the poorest of the poor around the world. We are so blessed. And I'm like, I just take it as this, this really positive challenge and I'm, I'm up for it. And I hope everybody listening, it's like, are you up for the challenge? Be a part of this corporate sacrificial giving to focus on the poorest of the poor and see what God will do, not only through you, but in you. Um, because I just, I believe every time we give and rise to the occasion of, of generosity, as we feel led by the Lord, yes, he does it through our giving, but God always, at least for me, God always does something miraculous in me um, and continues to provide for every one of our needs. The most stressed I've ever been financially is when I've been the most stingy. So maybe you mm. can identify with that. It's like the way to financial peace is living this adventure with God through the tithe for sure, but also this this endless adventure of being led to be generous. And so I'm excited for this weekend. Can't wait to see what God's going to do. I'm energized for it. Do you need some water? I I uh, I heard you. I don't know if you're fasting, but you, you, when you're fasting, you can still drink water, Kirk. <laughs> I got a little cold brew over here, so okay. The, I just it. didn't want to get out of the flow of what I was saying and, yeah. and you know hack up a lung quick. You know, I, I appreciate how you pushed through, and then then your voice came back. Um, I want to get Check to a couple one, two, questions two. here. Some two two <laughs> two really really good questions here. Hazel asks how to respond yep. to a friend who is unsure about their identity? Oh, great question. Um, I'm, I'm assuming they're talking sexual identity um, or gender yeah, identity. Yeah, probably. Um, and so in regards to uh, what they're attracted to or who they think they are um, identity. And it, it's becoming uh, more common in our world today um, or trendy, if you will. Um, and it's, it's a great question. It's happening all around us. You know, people that are going through that, I, I think first and foremost, we need to find the foundation in the Word of God, um, who we are in Christ. And, you know, we were created male and female in the image of God and and equal opposites. You know, uh, in marriage, we're, Kaylee and I were, were, were contenders. Uh, we're equal opposites in, in regards to iron, sharpening iron, uh, building each other, making each other better. Um, and so male is not better than female. Female is not better than male. I'm just giving all this base of like God made male and female uh, powerful and beautiful and amazing um, and as equal opposites. And we're losing what is we're losing in world in the culture today. What is what it what is male? What is female there you know matt walsh did the whole like what is a woman you know it's it's 
it's for sure des- described in the Bible. And biology matters. You'll have gender in heaven. Think about that. Um, and it's not the gender you think you are. Uh, it's the gender you were born with. Um, and we'll have new heavenly bodies, but you're not going to be a floating ghost body, you know. Um, and so you are created with purpose for a reason. But again, I'm not saying tell all that to your friend in, in the first conversation. I think uh, we're, we are ministers of reconciliation. And Logan, you can follow this up with whatever I'm missing. But we're ministers of reconciliation. Reconciled to what? Uh, we're living in a world of sin and pain. And our job, you know, Jesus, Jesus reconciled us back in a right relationship with the Father. And that, that was now delegated authority to us as Christ followers to do the same. And so rather than focusing on um, just symptoms, focus on what is the root. And I would first and foremost try to reconcile um, that friend to the Father. Do they know who God is? Do they know how God views them? Do they know that they were created in the image of God? Do they know uh, the gospel message that... Yeah, there's pain in this world and there's hurt in this world because we live in a fallen world, but there is a way to salvation. There's a way to eternity in heaven. There's a way to live this life of pain with joy and peace and a hope that's not a wishing hope, but an assurance, you know, all of these things. And, um, you know, getting that friend on a discipleship journey to be reconciled back with the Father, I think has the best chance, I know has the best chance to then speak to, to the core of who they are and their identity to better be positioned to accept uh, the way that they were born and created. Um, and uh, like Paul says, you know, it's, it's, my, it's the thorn in my side or it's my cross to bear. You know, Pastor Rob talks about that a lot. It's like we believe God can deliver. We believe God can heal. We, we believe God um, can make deficient, deficient things sufficient, uh, broken things whole again. And so uh, we believe he can do that right now uh, from heaven to earth right now. But also uh, many people find uh, their wholeness or their complete understanding in heaven. And um, God will give you the strength to live this life no matter what pain you carry, no matter what confusion you have, no matter what your feelings are. Uh, we, match our, our, we match our faith up to our feelings, and our faith leads us. Um, and so uh, I don't mean to just generalize all of these things or to diminish what one individual is going through, um, but I am kind of making blankets. I'm kind of making blanket blanket statements of the gospel and of who God is and about what our job is, and it's to help lead people to the Lord and see that that doesn't have the best chance to transform uh, to transform our lives by the renewing of our mind. And I think that's what a lot of gender identity is: is they need to be transformed by the renewing of their mind. The only way possible is to be in Christ. Sorry, long answer. Logan, what I miss? No, you set a great foundation. I think trying to keep specifically sharing the examples that you did, but beyond that of how, how to respond to a friend, it's like you said, but be a friend, right? Um, I think at times we're looking for the silver bullet. And I think in, I think with gender identity, I think it's understandable because it's confusing and it's new. It's not just confusing for the person who's dealing with it, but it's confusing for people around them. And I think the easy thing to do that the world is trying to band-aid it with is to say just just acknowledge this person's gender identity. However, when you look at the mental health 
related components to this and how accepting someone's gender identity, it's the, the science is, is very murky on this. It does not lead this person to away from the mental health challenges that they're living with. Um, it, and sometimes it actually increases their, uh, suicide attempts and, and other times, times it lowers yep. it. Yeah. And other times it lowers it. But I, I would say overall, um, people who struggle with gender identity are struggling with multiple other, uh, things in their life that are, that coincide with this. And so I think that being a great friend to this person is the best thing that you can do. But also like we talked about the harvest, um, the harvest is about cultivating throughout the year and being ready for the moment. I think a lot of Christians are, they want to be ready for the moment, but they're not willing to cultivate, right? They'd accept yeah, the call after the, after the text that says, hey, I'd love to ask you about Jesus. Maybe they'd accept that call, but maybe they're going to not pick up the phone when they know that it's, that's not the conversation or when yep. uh, they're struggling or when it's inconvenient for them. And as pastors, obviously that's part of what we're supposed to do and, and we're not perfect at it at either. We, we often mess up in this too. But I think that the, the way to respond to a friend is by being ready, understand and know, and obviously you asking this question is part of being ready, but do, do some research about this to understand what this person is going through biblically and then also pray for them pray for them yeah. consistently. How many people in our life do we think we pray for? This, uh, this is a zinger right here, Kirk. How many people do we think we pray for that we don't actually pray for? Yep. We think that by thinking about them, we're praying for them. And it's not the same. And so Correct. just because it's a person that you think about and think about in a way that you want them to find faith in Christ, this morning in my prayer journal, I wrote down names of a lot of different friends. If I just wrote down their names, obviously the Lord sees those things, but there was power in me praying over them and over their yep. needs. There are days that go by that I think I pray for somebody that I actually didn't. Yep. When when somebody texts you and you say, praying for you now, do you actually do it? Or was yep. that your prayer, was your text? I believe you can text a prayer, but a text that says praying for you isn't your prayer. You can text a prayer, yep. but say a prayer, pray for that person, write them in your journal, add them to your list. And so again, I just think like, oh, they're my friend. Are they your friend? Or are they just somebody that you want to know Christ, which is also a good thing. But I think yeah. how can you be a friend to that person? How can you respond to them is by understanding, caring for them, praying, and trusting that the Lord's going to do what he does. And then being ready for the moment that I believe will come with your prayers, yeah. with your friendship to where the, the conversation will open up. But I think sometimes we, we want to bring up the conversation too early um, and, and again, feeling the prompt of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you need to, you need to address it right away. You know, Pastor Rob gave some advice on pronouns and things like that and using people's names, which I think is super helpful, um, to, to use people's names and, and the name in which they want to be called. Names are, are subjective and, and not, uh, they're not assigning any sort of value. Um, but I, I think that those are things and the you can do. the clarity on the pronouns is that, 
for him, his conviction is to not use the pronouns because um, he mentioned the live not by lies, uh, but he would right. use the name. And, and he's not going to go out of his way to um, what they would say misgender the person, uh, it, but he's he's going to try not to use pronouns, therefore trying not to be a jerk to the person. You know, like we can be kind and loving and not live by lies, you know, so right. um, there's that piece. And and the thing that you said about prayer, I think just helpful advice being a spirit-filled church is that when you have a friend on your mind or somebody that you do want to pray for, um, a lot of times it's like, well, what what do I pray for? How can I pray? Or I want, Lord, I want your will to be done. You can pray in the spirit over that person. Yeah. And so, uh, even in your private time, a lot of times, you know, when I send a text like that, Logan, I'll I'll just say praying for you. I don't always type out what is the prayer, but I'll right. be praying in the spirit, even if it's for a minute. Um, I'm praying in the spirit over that person or over that situation, believing for whatever it is that they need, and God knows what they need. So I'm praying in the spirit. Uh, and so that's practical advice as well. Uh, great question. Totally. An- another uh, another question, another bi- big question. Um, yep. I think it's uh, Talisa says, insight, if any, on IVF, which is in vitro fertilization, if you didn't know, and the church's stance on it. Um, go ahead, Kirk. I-, I was just gonna say, this is what the podcast is for. Like, what else yeah. are we doing other than answering questions. And, um, you know, some of them are going to be responses in regards to, you know, Hey, this is, this is, this is our, this is our knowledge base. This is our experience. This is, this is kind of where we're coming from. Uh, not every response is necessarily, uh, the correct answer set in stone. Now, if it's founded in the word of God, it's the correct answer set in stone. It's what we find in the word of God. Um, but these are, these are, uh, these are hot topics. Some of them are difficult topics. This is a great question and needs to be talked about in the church. So there's mm-hmm. there's not a question we're necessarily afraid of or off limits. Like, please, if you're listening, ask these questions. Um, I'll just say off the top, Logan, I, I know um, you, you, you've you jumped into this topic more um, just because of your personal experience, which you're welcome to share. I'll just mm-hmm. say initially... Our church stance is a stance on life. Um, so we we have a stance on life, that we value life, we're pro-life, um, and we believe life is at conception. Um, and so that's, our, that's the foundation of what we believe. Um, obviously, then you can go into a bunch of different topics like birth control, like IVF, like abortion, like the day after pill, um, you can go to a bunch of different topics, but our stance is life is at conception and we will fight for life. And so I know right. that, that that's the initial foundation to then say, you know, what do we actually believe about IVF? Logan, I don't know what you want to share. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 the question obviously, you know, coming from maybe you, this person is thinking about this or a friend or a family member is thinking about this or has, has done it, or maybe there's disagreements in the family. And so hopefully I can bring some perspective to this. Um, t- to me, it's a similar, and, and I know there's going to be people that turn off the podcast by, by me saying this. I think it's a similar conversation, not the same, but similar to vaccines, right? Um, they're, they're, we, it's, we probably it's just a, got censored. We just got censored. Yeah, yeah. We're not on YouTube yet, so I don't think the podcast <laughs> app will censor us. But um, I, I think it's similar in that there has to be a personal level of discernment 
involved. I'll say this. There are people on our staff who have done IVF. I won't say who they are. They can, they can share that if they'd like to. There are also people on our staff who don't believe that IVF is a route we should go. Um, I think that as a Christian, I think what, what I'd like to do today is I'd like to not try to convince you of one way or the other. I think it's a thing that you as a believer should be prayerful about, should really care. What, what I would lo- like to do is as, as fairly as possible to present the, what I think you should consider as a believer when it comes to this issue. Um, because, you know, my wife and I, we've, we've struggled with infertility for about four years and we're praying for that and believing that the Lord's going to provide that, uh, a, a child for us. And we've not gone down this route, um, at this time. And, and again, some of that comes from a personal, uh, con- conviction and trying to understand what the Holy Spirit's speaking to us. But again, I, I have, there's people on our staff, there's pastors who, who believe this. I've, I've heard both sides of the, the conversation, but the things that, that I've been processing that I'd encourage anyone who's considering this, maybe there's people listening. I'm sure there are that have, have done IVF, that have beautiful children that were created in the image of God, um, that they're celebrating. The things that I think we should consider when dealing with this is first, you need to understand what IVF is in vitro fertilization. Um, they're taking sperm and egg from, you know, we would only, you know, if, if you say it's yes, we would only say do this in a, in a husband and wife, right? <laughs> so we're, we're not we're not saying if you're a, a boyfriend, girlfriend, you abstain from having sex, but you can have a child through IVF. Nope, nope. Not, not what we're saying. Uh, I don't believe that that is any way biblical. The family... Family should happen in a marriage. Obviously, um, sex happens within the confines of marriage, but family also should happen within marriage. Of course, if there's death, other things like that, that's different. Um, but a married couple going in, you know, sperm and egg, they're they're doing this outside of the body due to the the body not responding to a natural pregnancy. You know, there's some inhibitor towards uh, a couple getting pregnant, and so going down this path, there's there's a lot of alternatives and ways you do this, but IVF is the a, a doctor or or some lab, I suppose, that is um, putting the sperm and egg together in mm-hmm. um, some would call it a petri dish, but in places to where they they can fertilize this egg and then they freeze these embryos. Now, I believe this is the most difficult part of IVF to process. And I yep. think this is the part to be the most prayerful. I've talked to some pastors on our team who said, we believe that that in life, in life beginning in, at conception, because of that, we are going to only have, or we are going to have as many children as are fertilized. So if we have six fertilized eggs, we're going to try to have six children. And sometimes yeah, yeah, you're going to give the... The, you're going to give each fertilized egg the opportunity to have life. Right, right. And so so I, most, I would say most of the people that I've talked to that, that I know that have done that, um, that has been their position as they prayed through it. And I think that's a position that can be understood biblically to say we believe life begins at conception, although there is a science um, involved in, in this process, we're going to, if, if we've conceived these embryos, we are going to, you know, uh, give them a chance at life. And that's what the Lord has provided for us. And so I think that's an area that I can hundred percent understand that people 
live in, live with, and say, yep. we want to do this because of our stance at life beginning at conception. I think you have other people that would say, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that because the nature of freezing, when does life begin? Um, does it begin when it's, you know, inserted into the uterine wall? Is it, um, is it when the heartbeat starts? And I think for us, we see when when Scripture talks about before I knit you together in your mother's womb, which again, that would maybe some people would say, oh, that's against IVF. Um, but before I knit you together in your mother's womb, before you existed, I knew you. And then when the Bible talks about conception, it's talking about the beginning of life we see in pregnancy, John the Baptist. Yep. Um, he actually responded to, to Jesus walking in the room in Mary's um, stomach as she was pregnant. And so there's there's obvious signs that that a, a baby is a living being. Again, as a Christian, I think there's no doubt about that. Yep. I think when it comes to situations like this, we want to lean towards as close as we can to the beginning of life. And so when it comes to the questions, again, I know IVS is a little bit different, but the questions of abortion, the morning after pill, anything that terminates the life of a conceived embryo, right? A fertilized egg, anything yep. that terminates that life, we would, we would be against as a church. We would yep. say we're not for terminate. Now, if it's accidental in this case of miscarriage or in, in the case of it, it was fertilized and then it passed through, that we wouldn't believe that that is malicious. It's it's the natural response that is unfortunate, Correct. that is sad, but that is not an abortion. I think there's this weird growing movement of, of pro-abortion groups that are saying, well, if you have a miscarriage or if, if a, a fertilized egg passes through that you're killing it, it's unintentional. It's, it's un... That, that wasn't the intent of what we're trying to do. It's the result so, of fallen world. That's not the result right. of uh, a conscious decision. And it, with IVF, the Assemblies of God it does not have a stance opposing IVF in a heterosexual married couple, um, like biblical marriage, uh, but, but they do oppose the destruction of an unimplanted uh, for like fertilized egg. And so right. that's kind of what you're saying is like, we're not going to destroy a fertilized egg intentionally. We're going to give every fertilized egg the opportunity, uh, to have life. And so that's kind of right. the official, official assemblies of God view. And then this is kind of a, a tangent cause it's, it's a cultural conversation, but there is a, there is a public stance against, uh, reproductive cloning. And so that is not mm -hmm. moral reproductive cloning, right. uh, that is immoral. So, yeah, and and note. just again, some of I'm I'm trying to help people process through what they need to process through. Again, my my personal view is I've not personally I've not felt like it's the right path for my wife and I to go down, um, based upon our convictions. But again, I have people that I love that are on our team that say, hey, we think differently. There's people listening right now that say, I would have never had. My child, had it not been for that, I had a really good friend who had been struggling with infertility for 12 years who just welcomed his baby girl uh, through IVF, and I'm celebrating with him. So I just think that, um, again, this is I, I don't want to ever 
say this is like what you should do, but I also don't want to be the person that masks behind ambiguity and doesn't right. share their opinion. You know, sometimes people are like, well, but what do you believe? And again, what I believe, it doesn't mean that's what my dad believes. It doesn't mean that's what my brother, my mom, not at all. Um, and so there are, there are issues like, there's a lot of issues in Christianity that I think as a, as a seasoned disciple, you have to live in that tension. This is one of those issues that I live in that tension that other people do, and that I am not out as a as an advocate against somebody because they have a differing view than I do. Um, but I think it's important to understand and understand your conviction of what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, what you and your husband, you and your wife uh, want to do and the route you want to go down. And again, be open to change your mind as the, as the Spirit leads you and as you yep. learn more about what what the Bible says. So again, I, I hope there there was a the right amount of of my belief, but also the right amount of, of openness towards let God speak to you. I don't believe it's super clear in Scripture. What I do believe is is clear in scripture is that God created every single person before we were even a fertilized egg. He knew us. And because yep. of that, we should hold life as sacred and anything that interrupts that process to destroy the life of another innocent human being should be taken incredibly carefully and be very considered and yep. done prayerfully so that we honor the sacredness of the image of God in which he's made us all to be. So again, that's my long, long answer. No, great response, Logan. I think I think it is helpful. And if there are more questions on this or more conversation needed from anybody that is listening, we've got pastors and team members uh, that would love to help navigate scripture and uh, you know what you're processing and going through in trying to have a kid. So we're, yeah. we're here for you in that sense. Awesome. Well, I'd love to get to prayer, prayer requests and pray for needs of our church as we yep. had talked about a couple heavy, heavy topics, but I know there's people that are saying, hey, I have a need right now that I want to uh, pray for. Obviously, we're praying for all of the, the people that are uh, starting school, whether they're a teacher, whether they're a child um, in Maple Grove campus, this request Please pray for my girls. They are in public school that they would be a light to their peers and teachers, leading them to Jesus. Pray for us as parents that we would strengthen them in the word of God, equipping them to live bold lives in this world. Yep. Uh, another another couple requests from Maple Grove. A woman was diagnosed with uterine cancer, praying for healing in Jesus' name for her. A man diagnosed with kidney disease. I believe that God can heal me. Amen. We do too. And we are praying yep. for that healing. From Apple Valley, pray for a woman who had a successful brain surgery, but now has gotten infection. She's now going back to surgery on September 8th to remove the infection. So if you're listening before then, be praying for her. If you're listening after, be praying for a recovery. Um, praying for my mother. A mass was found on her frontal lobe, healing. A lot of prayers for healing. Um, this one is always hard to hear, but a friend of mine passed away by suicide last week. Pray for the family that was impacted, all who are struggling with this way of thinking that they'd find purpose and identity in Jesus. Amen. We believe that families, although in the midst of tragedy and horrible, horrible situations, that that can be a moment where God can get in the midst of their pain and they can meet Jesus. Um, a few more from uh, Woodbury Campus. Standing firm in my newfound faith in Jesus. Amen. Awesome. Love that. Awesome. Wisdom on how to manage uh, honor God with my finances, another person healing over vision loss from brain cancer. And lastly, the last campus, again, there's requests from 
all the campuses, but just the last one we're getting to today, Egan, pray that I find security. My son is away with his father. We have a split home. Pray that I'd be able to get my finances so I can fix my car and support my son. Another person praying for my family to experience the hope of Jesus and pray that my classroom is a space that brings life and peace to all who enter it. Love that there are teachers and parents that are praying for their kids and their classes, a missionary family that's currently transitioning, walking through a loss, comfort around them, support for them, healing of anxiety, and then another person praying over mental, just mental struggles as well. And so there's all sorts of requests that we are praying for, believing that God will be in the midst, but would you join us? And as Pastor Kirk prays over these needs, and then as we always end worshiping together. Yes, Lord, we we come to you by the power of the Spirit in the name of Jesus, and we pray over each one of these needs. I thank you that these are people that are a part of our church or connected with people that are a part of our church, and we just ask for your miracle working power in their life to be sent from heaven to earth right now as we pray. And there is a lot of there's a lot of sickness. There's cancer. There's surgeries. There's infection. Uh, there's death and loss. There's anxiety. And Lord, I'm I, I'm a believer that we don't have to be overwhelmed or anxious at the pain that we experience in this this life. In fact, the scripture says, do not be anxious about anything, uh, but instead come to you in prayer. And right now we pray, and the fact that it's a command in scripture means it's possible to live without anxiety or fear or worry. It's possible. And so Holy Spirit, wash over each one of these individuals, wash over each one of these families, we, we ask that you would answer the prayer, but even while we wait, I, I, I'm grateful. I'm thinking about the scripture, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And so, Lord, we're coming to you right now, uh, and I pray that you would give rest through a miracle, through healing, uh, but also through supernatural strength, mental strength, emotional strength, physical strength real strength that comes from the Lord, even while we wait for our miracle. And so, Lord, I just pray over each one of these people, touch their bodies, touch their minds. I pray over all the kids that are going back to school, the kids, teenagers, young adults going back to school. I thank you that whether they're homeschooled, in private Christian school, in a public school setting, I thank you that the Holy Spirit inside of each one of these kids is powerful enough to protect them, to, uh, to guard them, to strengthen them, to be the light in the dark that they're called to be. Even at a young age, the Holy Spirit in them is powerful enough. I pray that you'd speak to the parents right now, that they can trust the Holy Spirit. And as they pray over their children, God, you are responding to those prayers. I, I just pray that our kids, the kids that are a part of our church, the next generation, that they would make an impact for the kingdom, not just when they're older, but even while they're young, even in the Christian school and even in the home school and in the public school as well. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Actually, let me continue the prayer one second. We've got one day to change the world, one day to feed the world. Lord, I pray that this weekend would be a supernatural weekend, not just in dollars raised, but the representation that it's gonna feed kids and families all around the world that that don't have enough to eat 
I thank you that this weekend's offering is going to save lives, physical lives, giving them greater opportunity to hear the gospel message of Jesus. I pray that we'd fill bellies and we would fill hearts and spirits with the gospel. Do something that only you can do this weekend. I pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Oh, okay.
listening to the river valley podcast it would help us out a ton if you could rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and also share it with somebody we hope that this isn't just for people in our church we hope that this is people far beyond that but we know that people in our church maybe don't even know about it yet we're talking about it on weekends we're sharing in announcements but maybe you're a listener but someone in your small group isn't or someone at your campus so would you send it to them share it with them so that they can receive this and then rate it wherever you listen so that more people can find this podcast If you have questions about faith, about church, about belief, about theology, about the Bible, please submit your questions. You can find us on Instagram at rivervalleymn. You can also uh, email us, finding us on our website, rivervalley.org. Please, we want to hear your questions so that we can continue to answer those or at least respond to them here on the podcast. And again, thank you for listening. We'll see you in church this weekend.